I'm Sylvie. Welcome to the podcast of the new school of creativity. They make me smarter. We're going to meet smart and creative people who have something to teach us. For each episode, with the artist Pierre Guité, we design a tool to help you to practice the best tips and mind tricks inspired by our guest. It should be fun and transformative. Get on board, make the world a fun place to be, let's be bold and creative. The mind creative trick of the day. Don't be afraid. To get inspired, think of the composer Philip Glass, who is with Tilleman among the most prolific composers in history. Did you know that he worked day jobs until he was 41? He was a taxi driver, a plumber, a mystic musician, and more. In his memoir, Words Without Music, He wrote that he never saw a challenge that he couldn't link. I have a wonderful gene. The I don't care what you think gene. Rule number one, to be creative, don't be afraid of what people think. Welcome to episode one. I'm speaking with Robert Prigai, a creative problem-solving expert. I will do three episodes with him. The first one, what to do when you get bored. The second, make the problem visible. And the third one, what happens when you fail. Let's start with this first episode where you will discover how someone who gets bored easily create a life to practice his passion, which is solving problems. The tool we design is my personal pathway. You can download it in the post associated to this episode. Robert Pergai, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank so, you for having me. Can you tell us what you do? So I work for a company called Data Valley Technologies, and I'm the strategic program manager there. Uh, what that boils down to is basically I solve problems. Um, I try and pinpoint things that are not working within the company, whether it's within a department or across, and I try to identify what's not working and ways that we can uh, make the changes in order to make it work. This is a very nice way to introduce yourself that you like to solve problems yes. because we have so many problems to solve, so yes. you will be very useful. In which field have you studied? I studied uh, business in uh, school. wasn't my first choice. My first choice was uh, civil engineering. I, I wanted to do that and it was, uh, it was interesting because I think it comes from my mother. She worked at Concordia in the engineering department. And I was really fascinated with numbers, really fascinated with solving problems and, and puzzles. Really like that kind of stuff. And so, um, but I did, didn't have the grades to go in. Well, it was a combination of the grades and my motivation. Cause yeah. I thought, oh, I'm just gonna play basketball. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and yeah, so I went to University of Windsor and uh, played basketball there. 
started my career here. I uh, had almost no experience and, uh, in business because I just would work at basketball camps or I worked at my dad's garage and so forth. So I decided to just take whatever I could and start at the lowest entry position and became a sales associate, or as I like to say, a gopher. So you would go for this, go for that. Um, but it just gave me a tremendous opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. It was just soak things in. Uh, when people would talk, I would just listen. I would just observe how they would do. And when they would ask a question, people knew, I'd raise my hand and say, I know that. Because I would go out of my way just to, to soak things in. And next thing you know, I, was, uh, I got a, a promotion and they would send me on trips. I believe it was 25, 26 at the time going to CES or uh, where else did I go, C uh, E3, things like that, uh, going business trips, which was very intimidating. Uh, but I, um, I looked at it as, a, as an opportunity as opposed to uh, uh, intimidation. And then finally, uh, my boss at the time treated me as, as, a, as a, it was more like a mentor, mentee, and he would teach me a lot of stuff. Uh, I could tell you a ton of stories that I learned from him and I apply even today. And so then I ended up going to, uh, well, I, the company just started, um, I started outgrowing the company. It was a small startup mentality in the basement. <laughs> Uh, but they did uh, a few million dollars in sales, so, you know, and we had customers like uh, Staples, Walmart. You got to meet different types of customers. And then my, uh, my boss at the time told me I should look for another job, not because he wasn't happy with what I was doing, but because he knew that in order for me to progress and to really become the person I should, I needed to work in a big company wow. and learn the politics behind it. Learn, you know, that you can't just go up to somebody and say, like, get something done. You have to go through, pro and you have to find ways to get things done in a political environment. And it, so, it was very generous. Yes. He thinks more about you than ab about him yeah. at this time. And I think it's, I think he looked at my story, uh, looked in the mirror, because it's something very similar that happened to him. He didn't have any experience and somebody took a shot on him, gave him the opportunity and, and he wanted to repay that. And it's one thing that I also try and do. Mm. Um, so when I see somebody that has that drive, has that personality, I, I try and, and cultivate it and, and move that forward. Eventually I got a position with, um, with a big multinational company as an assistant product manager. So this company was called Insight. What did they do? Uh, they sold uh, solutions, so technology okay. solutions. Okay. So I was responsible, so I was a product manager, assistant product manager, and I was responsible for uh, HP. They gave, it was one of my first uh, tests of uh, negotiations where they gave me a bonus based on certain things, and I was just so happy to get a new job that I said <laughs> yes without really thinking about could I achieve the bonus. <laughs> and so I always achieved three out of the four, and so I never got it. I was um, increasing the sales, brought it to $48 million, turned around their laptop, which was failing, which was decreasing at the time. And I woke up one morning and I just wasn't 
I felt like my life was uh, going by. Mm. And I said, I have a choice to make. I mean, one of the reasons I didn't play basketball wasn't, I mean, I wasn't as good and, and I didn't have the motivation anymore, but I just was tired of going to different cities and not visiting them. And so I basically mm. would wake up in a hotel and I wouldn't even know which city I was in. That's how much we traveled when playing. And so I said, you know, I, 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 I've done the same thing. I've gone back to work and I just work. Like I don't go out, I don't go mm. see, I'd work 70 hours a week, 60 to 70 hours a week, just mm. network. And I knew I was on a career path, but I ended up um, putting my notice and I decided to go to Australia. Mm. Yeah. And just, I had a friend out there, went there, and uh, it, was, it was the first time that I, so I've always pushed myself physically and, and athletically, and I've pushed myself uh, career-wise, but I never took care of myself, and I never pushed personally what my boundaries were. And so it was a true test of my mental capacity. And so I went to Australia, stayed in hostels, and eventually got a professional job. <laughs> but, uh, but I remember one of the first nights in Sydney I mean, I, I was scared. I was halfway around the world. I was sharing a room with 10 other guys. Uh, these guys almost got, like, I think they got into a fight. I, the story's a little, but I remember just being alone. Um, and I said, you know, I have a decision. I can just go home and quit, or I can toughen it out. And I ended up having an amazing time there. And yes, there's ups and downs. And uh, I got a, uh, I worked a couple jobs, but eventually got a uh, account manager for a consulting company in Melbourne at Oakton. And um, it, uh, position didn't work out. One of the first times my boss and I didn't see eye to eye, uh, we weren't a fit. I had different personality, different, and that was very foreign to me because I was used to, okay, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna market it? It just, I left. And I, did, I couldn't find another position, so I had to come back to Montreal. I was going to go into civil engineering. Uh, I was just about to apply. I said my application, somebody called me and said, hey, there's a position open for project management. Uh, they gave, gave me the position, turned that around, and then next thing you know, I'm here. And what was the position at that time? Was it the same that you have today? Uh, no, it was a project manager. Okay. So I ended up, uh, it was a project that uh, was on the rocks, wasn't going too well. Okay. And I was able to go in there and turn it around and make it work. After that, I've been known, I've been given things that there's a lot unknown or we've never done before. And so I would then take that and set a pathway. And that's what truly motivates me. I, I don't, I'm not good at operational work. I'm not good at administration. I'm not good at day-to-day -day stuff. I'm not good at upkeep. I am bored. If I don't have things that stimulate, get that creativity out, then I don't want to do it. You are really also a self-learner. You are able to go and to, to find what you need to learn and learn it. Yeah, if you look at my track record in university, you would not have predicted what I'm doing now. I think what university taught me was they put a difficult path ahead for me and I was able to see it through. 
I was able, okay, you know, like I, you know, it's, it's that prolonged uh, pathway. Um, but I don't remember much uh, in university, but I do remember one of the first books I read after university. Hmm. I do remember um, things that I learned even six months or 12 months after because I, I'm very much, so if we go back to how I learn, mm -hmm. Um, I would get trouble in university because I didn't like to go to class. I, my first semester, I almost, I took a few weeks off. I didn't go. <laughs> I just, I, I get really bored during lectures. Um, I would, the best way for me to, to learn is there's a problem mm -hmm. and I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> and so I'll take the textbook, I'll go to the library but I didn't find that out until my second year of university, second, almost third year. And that's when I wouldn't go to class, but I would go, I'd spend most of the day in the library because I would just, I remember there was this finance class that I took and, and I would just look, okay, what are the problems? Okay, I'm gonna go back and find how they got to this and then figure that out because if I knew the train of thought and how they pieced it all together, that's how I would learn, as opposed to somebody yeah. telling me. I really like that, because you're really like uh, the student of the future. Oh. You know, I because didn't think about it that way. in all the people we met already, uh, it's very interesting, because a lot of students have the impression that they're losing their time. They're studying so many things that they don't feel it's useful for them. So they don't have the motivation and they forget as mm. soon as they learn. Because when you go for it like you did, going to the library, finding the solution to the problem, you get so motivated. I mean, I still remember how the library was laid out, where I would go, how I would talk to the librarian to try and get the right book. I remember walking through the doors, going up, and then having them there and just figuring out. And there was no, I couldn't search online. I had a teacher once tell me, you know, are you happy with your grade? And I, I think it was a B plus that I received in the class. I said, yes, um, really, because you had to go and you had to get your exam at the end of the semester and they give you a grade. And I said, yeah, B plus is great. That's fine with me because the number didn't really matter, mm. but it was more that I was able to, to find the answers. And uh, he said, you know, you could have got a higher grade. And I said, well, yeah, I guess I could have got a higher grade. Like anybody could get a higher grade. And he goes, well, if you would have showed up to class because you got zero on participation or I got like a one on participation, you would have got like an A. And I said, I said, oh, you know, I'll, I'll know for next time. But in the back of my head, and I, and I should have said this at the time, but I didn't. And I said, well, I don't even, if I would have got the class, I don't think I would have got a B plus. <laughs> right? I think maybe I would have got a B minus or, because I wouldn't be able to, to figure out the problem on my own. I would just get bored and not even want to, to do it. Everyone learns differently. I'm really interesting on how they're, do so there's a new technology, there's always new technologies out, but they're, they're looking at, uh, they're, I can't remember where they're doing this, but they're doing adaptive textbooks. And so the, the textbooks or the information on your iPad or so forth for the students 
will adapt to the rate that the person is looking at it. So based on your, mm. um, it's just like how they do the, uh, uh, the G, is it the GMAT for business school, the MBA? Mm. The GMAT. Mm. So you start at a certain percentage and when you get it, it goes higher, right? It goes higher. So not everybody starts at the same place. And what I like about this is it, they want to adapt to the way the person's um, learning. Mm. And so what, and what they want to use the, the teachers as, as a sounding board, as yes. somebody um, having just discussions, mm. right? Talking about the concepts that they have mm. as opposed to telling you about them. Exactly. Answering questions or coaching, but yeah. not just yeah, coaching, giving. Yeah. How do you put this in practice? Yeah. And I feel that's one of the things that is really over, overstated these days is the fact that every information is at your tip of the fingers. Like yes. it's, it's not about, I can go on YouTube and, and search something. Not, that's, but we often think that's the answer. But there's so much more, so many intricacies, so many things that go into that, that when people fail at doing it, they don't understand why. Because they don't understand that you need the experiment. For example, uh, my wife, she loves Pinterest, right? But yeah. she also gets a little, <laughs> little upset sometimes because she'll do something on Pinterest because they give you the instructions and it doesn't turn out. <laughs> the, the, so they call it a Pinterest fail. <laughs> and I have to remind her that, hey, do you know how many times they've probably did this before even... So for example, cupcakes. They probably did this a hundred times before and they probably only showed you the five best that they put up, but they don't tell you these things. They, they only show you all the successes. Exactly, exactly. Um, we learn by failure. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. We, um, it's the only way for us to learn. Time to practice. Get inspired by the life of the composer Philip Glass and the creative solving problem expert Robert Prugai. Download the printable My Personal Pathway to revise your life story and the big lessons you learned from it. And I have a challenge for you. What will you do today that you're afraid of? Remember the Philip Glass gene I don't care what you think, Jean. Now you play. And don't mix next week the next episode with Robert. Make the problem visible. Cheers. <laughs>